This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Calgary Flames game day tonight in Nashville. Flames and Predators coming your way in a couple hours' time. All of a sudden, the Calgary Flames looking to put a very successful bow on top of this road trip. I mentioned it with Pete Labardius when we kicked off hour one of the program today. Felt like a lot of doom and gloom around this team after back-to-back overtime losses to start the road trip. But all of a sudden, the Flames, six of a possible eight points so far on the road trip, can finish with eight of ten with a win tonight and have at least one point in 17 of their last 21 games. 28 points since December 3rd. That is second most in the Western Conference. Tied with Minnesota and two back of the Winnipeg Jets, who the Flames fell to earlier this month. Uh, It's just Sports Today. Today's Logan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor here as well. We're getting set for the Preds and the Flames. Flames 6-2-2 in their last 10. Preds 5-4-1. They've lost three in a row coming off of a four-game winning streak. We'll uh, chat about the Predators coming up in just a few moments here. Uh, When we uh, hope to connect with Willie Donchitz, the play-by-play voice uh, for the Nashville Predators on the TV side of things. Nashville's a really interesting team because last year they had a lot of guys start scoring who hadn't scored at the pace they needed to for a long time. That's, of course, the likes of the the two big names down the middle for this team are are Duchesne and Johansson. Both of those guys were supposed to be the number one center that this team has craved for such a long time. And last year, both of them played like a number one center. Also, shout out to Matt Duchesne. Happy birthday. 32 years old today. But the problem, again, is is last year, Matt Duchesne had a career year, right? 86 points in 78 games. That crushes his career numbers. His best year previous to that, 2013-2014 with Colorado, and he had 70 points that year. So if that's what you're getting from an $8 million center and you're in the National Predators, you're pretty happy. Then you look at Ryan Johansson, 63 points in 79 games. Not a career year, but much more in line with what the Blue Jack or what the Predators had hoped when they acquired him from the Blue Jackets, where he had a 71-point year. He's had a 64-point year with the Predators before. But in between those 60-point years, 36 points, 22 points, 
just nowhere near enough when you're spending a combined $16 million on Duchesne and Johansson. And this team has always been, and I think as far as, as long as David Poyle is the general manager, will always be built from the defensive side of things first. You, you need those guys to contribute. You need those handful of guys that are getting paid top money to be your top players if you're the Preds. You don't have any choice. You're spending more money on the back end. That means it's probably a little bit less money being spent up front in the bottom six. And what I mean by that is you look at their roster and five guys on the Nashville Predators, five players who make more than $3 million a year. That's it. Then it's Colton Sissons at 2.8, Yakov Trenin at 1.7, and then everybody else still on an ELC as far as the forward group is currently constructed. So it's great to be defensively, and we talked about that here. It's a narrative the Flames have had for a little while under Daryl Sutter. You have to be strong defensively, but as we know, if you're not backing that up with points and key scoring from those few guys that are getting paid, it makes for a season like the Predators are having right now, and that's kind of caught in that, that mucky middle. Heading into tonight's game, the Predators already find themselves in a bit of a tough spot. Playoff-wise, they trail the Flames and the Oilers in points when it comes to a wild-card spot. As we look today, Flames and Oilers both with 51 points. Nashville uh, coming in with 44. So seven points back of a wild-card spot at another one in their divisional chase. They're eight points back of Minnesota, who um, currently hold the third spot in the Central, and then even further back of the Stars and the Jets. So it's still early. We're just entering the second half of the season, but all of a sudden you start looking at the Predators and go, okay, we lose a couple more games. Calgary and Edmonton, okay, then you're close to a 10-point gap. Division and wild card that you have to make up the rest of the season. That's a tough hill to climb for anybody. Good news is, you know, there's teams right around that with them. St. Louis is in the same boat. Colorado's in that same boat. Flames and Oilers have opened up a bit of a gap there for themselves to build off of in the next couple weeks, but this has got to be a massive game for the Nashville Predators who have lost three in a row in interaction uh, tonight in the first of a back-to-back uh, of home games for them. And this text comes in at 960-960. It's the fan feedback line. It's always open to you here on Sportsnet 960 and on Sportsnet Today. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever we're talking about uh, on the day, you're free to chime in at the text line uh, once again at 960-960. And this texter texts in and says, you think Nashville would rather have Johansson or Seth Jones at this point? And it's it's a really interesting question. And thinking back on that trade now and it was a a one-for-one swap back in, I want to say 2016 was when that happened. Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson straight up. I think it was a January move as well. Nashville looking for that potential number one center. 
The Blue Jackets looking for a, a solid defenseman to lead them going forward. Predators, of course, stunning, have a an influx of defensemen that they can possibly move, and they move Seth Jones. Now, of course, Seth Jones, uh, since then, of course, going back to July of 2021, wasn't long for Columbus, wasn't going to re-sign there long-term after a couple seasons, a couple good seasons with Columbus, I should mention. He gets dealt to the Blackhawks, where he's uh, now currently on that long-term deal and probably wondering if that was the right choice. But that's an interesting question to, to look back on, and I wonder how Nashville would feel about that trade today. Because if I look at it and look at some of those years for Seth Jones as a member of the Blue Jackets, yeah, 42 points, 57 points, 46 points. And I'm going to say with pretty much certainty without going – yeah, I mean, points-wise, and it's it's interesting. It's how you're building a team. It's what you need at that time. It's so much a part of it. But there, there's going to be years on here where, you know, the comparison straight up, Seth Jones would have outscored from a points perspective what Ryan Johansson was giving the Predators. And that's a lot for a, a number one center to be making that $8 million salary. Now, Johansson's just 30 years old. Lots of chances for him to pick it up, and it's not just an offensive outburst that matters but yeah interesting times uh for the predators tonight and um flames and preds go at six o'clock tonight five o'clock warm up right here on sportsnet 9 60 the fan and cam you uh i'll bring you into the conversation our uh outstanding one of our outstanding producers here on sportsnet today yes sir uh you've dug up some interesting facts yeah so uh, ahead of tonight's game i went to i got a bunch of numbers here it's all courtesy of moneypuck.com right so if Nashville wins tonight, you were saying how important this game is. If they win tonight, their odds of making the playoffs go up by 4%. And if they lose tonight, their chances to make the playoffs go down by another 4%, putting them at like sub-15% to make the playoffs. Where if the Flames win, in regulation, you're up 1.5% to make the playoffs up to 94%. And if we lose, we're down almost 3%. So there's a lot hanging on this game for Nashville to even like try and sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, you're already, like, let's be honest, you're already behind the eight ball if you're Nashville. Yeah. Like, it's it's not a good spot to be. And we've talked about, you know, Lou's been the, the biggest proponent of it, that, hey, you know, the world's not falling. I've, I've jumped on that the last couple of weeks with the Flames and, and said, hey, look, despite all these struggles and despite all these things that we say are frustrating us, look where you could be. Right? At least we're in a wild card spot. All of a sudden, not only are the Flames in a wild card spot, but they have gaps over teams. You could be Nashville. Exactly. You could be any of those teams. And that's the worst thing ever is not only are the Flames and the Oilers in a good spot when it comes to the wild card and everything, the best part for them is the division isn't crazy ahead of them either. The Kraken have won eight in a row, and the Flames only sit five points back of them. That's insane. Yes. Seattle has two games in hand. That's all important. That That's going to mean something as we get down the stretch here. But they're not out of it. If worse comes to worse, if Seattle or L.A. were to fall off a bit, Edmonton and Calgary still have that chance. If you're Nashville, St. Louis, and Colorado, you're already seven points behind Minnesota. 
at least. That's what that's what Colorado's behind. That's what Colorado and St. Louis are behind. Nashville's eight points back. How do you gain ground for eight points? It's almost impossible. And then you're back to doing what you've done a couple of years for the Predators where you're heading into the trade deadline and who do you move? Ekholm becomes a big name defensively, but again, three years after this year at $6.25 million, not exactly the same discussion we were having a couple seasons ago when he got the extension. Guys who are UFAs, RFAs at the end of the season, much easier to trade and not make that commitment to at the trade deadline. Harder situation if you're the Predators because you're looking at guys who are RFAs and UFAs for the Preds. And I got to be honest, there's really not a lot of value to other teams out there. Tanner Janot is the biggest one, in my mind, at 25 years old. But he's uh, RFA with Arbrights next year. I can't imagine the Predators are interested in training him. Cody Glass, 23 years old, RFA next season with Arbrights. Those generally are the pieces you move. Dante Fabro, 24-year-old right-shot defenseman. RFA next year with Arbrights. Does that sound like a move the Predators are going to make at this point in the year? No! That could be worse. You could be the Canucks. You could have the most wild press conference in the last year today. Yeah, can we talk about that? That was nuts. I've seen if you if you were listening to the Jeff Merrick show today, the second hour of the show was almost entirely taken up by this Canucks press conference that was supposed to be a medical update that they then couldn't really update. That turned into Jim Rutherford just asking the media, whatever questions you want, throw them my way. Sure, go ahead. And it went on for like 45 minutes. And it was a lambasting. Drance from The Athletic was in on it. Guys from all, it was just, you know, like, what are you guys doing right now? And hey, good on Jim Rutherford for standing there and and I think honestly answering as many of the questions as he could. But I have not seen a team take it in the teeth quite like Vancouver did at this press conference earlier today, Cam. Yeah, that was that was wild. That was a doozy. Um, I've never, like, I haven't been following hockey that closely for that long. And this, I think this is just the wildest press conference I'll probably see for a long time. Like, just to have your president of hockey ops just sit there and take question after question after question for yeah 45 minutes is crazy and to say you know i thought we were tanking and then you know just mass well, there, there's so many good ones there's so many there's a lot of good quotes from that so one. many awesome quotes and so many that you know they he gets asked directly have you talked to any other coaching candidates and he kind of hums and haws about it and goes well I have, yeah. I go, oh, that doesn't exactly sound great for the coach. Said, quote, all I can say is that Bruce is our coach right now. Yeah, that's a that's a massive supporting statement. That's yeah. just got to be that. Right, yeah, sure. He gone. I As feel of, like the morale in the locker room is a little messed up right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you think? Yeah, I love that. 
The yeah, team. so our coach is going. Um, our captain's gone. Um, we might be tanking, retooling, rebuilding, whatever you want. But we're not rebuilding. We're no, retool- we're retooling. Said, we're not moving towards a rebuild. I prefer the term, you're going to love this one, retool, is what Rutherford said. Yeah, which is just a, like the last thing you want to hear if you've been in the middle of nowhere forever is the term retool. Because we're not going to be bad enough to be Chicago or Arizona. Right? But we're going to move some guys and see what we can do. Wow, that's wonderful. That's literally what your franchise has done for 40 years. I would just like one. One Stanley Cup. What do you say if you're in that locker room today and he goes, goes, I thought we were tanking. Someone asked him legitimately, you think about tanking? Do you think about going in the second half of the season and, you know, making a push for a better draft pick? And he goes, quote, I thought we were tanking. We're pretty close to the bottom. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, pal. Don't be shocked to see some t-shirts going around Vancouver, the BC area the next few weeks saying, I thought we were tanking. If anybody in Vancouver is listening, hit me up. I'll uh, I'll design some for you. <laughs> Graphic design is her passion. She can definitely hand her those uh, those t-shirts, Taylor, for sure. But it's just, I, I just, and then there's the Bo Horvat stuff that you mentioned, Taylor. And he goes, I believe we've taken our best shot on Bo. With the offer we have on the table right now is fair value for what he's done up to this year. We're in a pickle here. He's had a career run, and he's looking for his money. What does that say about the Canucks right now? They're in cap space hell. They are, but I, I just the the premise of that quote would piss me off if I was a Vancouver Canucks fan. That our GM and our president of hockey ops go into a contract negotiation with our captain, a guy that's very important to their team who's 27 years old and aren't willing to, at least based on that quote, consider anything that he's done this season. Because from Bo Horvat's point of view, does this season not count for more than anything when it comes to his contract? Is this not a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league? That's huge when you're going into next season and you don't have a contract and you're a UFA. That's what's going to determine your market price. But the team that you've captained for the last couple of years isn't willing to look at the money that you're, isn't willing to to base it off of anything you've done this year. We're just going to give you a contract for what you've done the last couple of years. Like, what approach is that to signing your, your captain? And look, maybe they're not really interested in signing their captain. Maybe that's what this is all about. Maybe Bo Horvat at this point is more valuable to the Canucks as a trade chip because they have no cap space going forward. But that leads to the whole thing and the words that you just said, Cam. He wants to retool, not rebuild. So what do picks and prospects do for him in exchange for Bo Horvat? No one's giving you another number one center in exchange for Bo Horvat. He commented, too, and it was like, we don't have that great of a pipeline of prospects. 
and then you say you're not going to rebuild. You're going to retool with what assets? It doesn't make sense. It it doesn't. That was well, I appreciate the the local media you know going really for the throat when it comes to that press conference. If I'm a Canucks fan, I'm maybe as frustrated as I've been hearing those answers. Because they're always they're one you know what I mean? It's it's one good thing followed by a bad thing. Or one thing contradicts another thing. He's talking about opening up cap space and then says, look, if we can't move guys, we're just going to have to buy them out. It was very contradictory. Well, who are you buying out at this point? Said, quote, all of the core players are not going to end up being here. Well, Except yeah, for he Patterson. Has and- he has to. He has to do something. But again, the only guys that are really worth moving at this point are the guys that you're not going to move. That's Pedersen and Hughes and Demko, I guess. You're not moving any of those three. The rest of them, and I like Horvat. I'm, I'm different on Horvat than, than I think Bo Horvat's a great player and a guy that if he was like a number two, like, ideally, if, if he was in Colorado and he was behind McKinnon, I think that guy would tear it up. I don't know. Anybody else is kind of hit or miss for me. Besser, not with that contract. Yeah. Miller, see you later. Yeah. I think you're a terrible teammate. As long as he doesn't end up here, that's fine. Yeah, I don't think he's going to end up here. Good. Not with that cap hit. And then, you know, it's Garland, Mikheyev, okay. I just, and now you're going to have to pony up, what, four or five million a year extra for Kuzmenko if you want to keep him? They just scratched OEL the other night. Good thing he's only got four more years on his deal. And he's not aging like fine wine. He's aging like, Cream cheese that's been left out in the sun. Oh, God. It's just brutal right now. Uh, I want to buy out Oliver Ekman Larson's contract. Da, 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 da. No signing bonus, buyout cost. Okay, it's only going to cost you. So you save money. If OEL, you're going to save money the first four years. And then the next four years, you're going to have to eat it on the cap, $2.4 million. So I guess that's an option. Rutherford also like just blatantly stated that they wanted the first overall pick, which I think is really funny after saying he doesn't want to rebuild. Well, yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? That's, that's the thing that, that doesn't make any sense to me in all of this. This is the perfect year for you guys to actually go forward and do that. Because for some reason, despite your inept franchise the last, I don't even know how long, the top generational player of the draft grew up in BC and loves your organization. Yeah, if this was the year to kind of just mail it in a la Chicago, like, look, why don't you do no, it this There's year? still no guarantee that you get him. I get that. I understand 14, that that's not. 14%? You still, you still get somebody good. Yeah. If not Bedard, you're getting um, who's protected to go second? Fantilli's, Fantilli's there. Yeah. There's lots of great players. This is a great draft. 
it's just it's never what you want to hear out of the Vancouver Canucks, and that was another example of it today. We have to do major surgery, okay? But nobody wants the the contracts that we're offering, so we just sit and wait and let it all fall to the ground all around us. That's a wonder. And by the way, the first part of that, too, the injury update on Tanner Pearson that wasn't actually an injury update because the doctors can't legally say anything. The whole point of the press press conference. Why did we even bother with this? Why did you trot those guys out there? Had a team doctor and a consultant who was essentially just backing up that they went through the right process when it came to hiring the new look Vancouver medical team and that they vetted everybody. They trust everybody that they have there. They went through the NHL's mandate uh, of, you know, what your, your NHL's medical staff has to be, which we assumed would have been done anyways. But when it came to actual details around what, what the issue for Tanner Pearson is and why this might've been considered an issue, they couldn't answer anything anyways. The legality around discussing personal health information doesn't allow them to answer the question. So why were they trotted out there today? That is a franchise that is in so deep, they don't even know how to get out of it. And good on Jim Rutherford. He's, like I said, he took it in the teeth today. It's better than a lot of people would have done, but there's some problems there, and I have no idea how they're going to get out of it. Like, I would rather have, like, I'm glad for Canucks fans that they have the transparency, because I'd rather know that your your franchises, you know, know, have no idea what's going on. But, like, come on. There's, there's better ways to do that press conference than what happened today. There sure is. You're not wrong about that, Cam. Uh, that's Cam uh, Taylor's over there as well, uh, chatting all things uh, NHL. Busy day, Martin Luther King Day in the United States. So we've got hockey underway right now. A couple of games have gone final. And, of course, we're leading up to the Flames and the Predators this afternoon. Uh, 6 o'clock puck drop, 5 o'clock Flames warm up with the one and only Pat Steinberg. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll head to Nashville and hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames following morning skate. Uh, Kirk Muller, Nikita Zadorov, and more coming up. Plus, uh, we'll take a look at the scoreboard on what's been a busy NHL day. Two games already final, three more underway. Keep it locked here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Logan Gordon along with you this Monday afternoon. Flames game day in Nashville. The five-game road trip finally comes to an end for the team tonight. And then back in action against the defending Stanley Cup champions Wednesday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. But got to get through tonight. A Nashville team that picked up a victory against the Flames back in November. But has lost three in a row. Flames come in winning two in a row following that nerve-wracking, whatever you want to call, comeback that was 
stifled by the Flames against the Stars Saturday afternoon. Flames out to six of eight points, six of a possible eight points on this road trip. Looking to add to it tonight. Again, the Flames uh, two points back of um, the Jets when it comes to most points earned since uh, December 3rd. They got at least a point in 17 of their last 21 games, so it's been frustrating at times, but clearly this team starting on more nights than not to at least be able to pick up one point. They'll try to do that again tonight. Your goaltending matchup, Jacob Markstrom will get the net for Calgary tonight. It'll be UC Soros going for the Preds. Flames did not see Soros uh, in the game in Calgary. It was Kevin Lankinen who got the start, so it'll be the first time for the Flames to see Soros this season. Uh, they had a quick morning skate today, getting set for tonight's matchup. Uh, instead of Daryl Sutter doing the normal media veil, it was associate coach Kirk Muller. Uh, let's head back to Nashville and hear from the associate coach as his team gets set to take on the Predators uh, later tonight. Look at this team. When, you, when we look through those those first three lines um, and, and, and five on five time on ice per game, it's, it's very very similar. All three lines. Uh, how are you guys managing that? Well, I think it's uh, I think it's the you know. Uh, you know our players and the expectations of that uh, everyone has to know how to play without the puck as much as we want to create offense and that. So, you know, especially when you're on the road, you know, you you gotta have trust in all your players to go out and play against top players and play against anybody. And so we we take a lot of pride in uh, you know uh, the defense and the forwards of uh, you know going out and playing against anybody. When you look at, uh, you know, I want to say probably the last month or so and, and the goals against and you're checking, has that been, you know, pretty consistent in terms of the improvement and just maybe, you know, the overall performance in that area here? Well, it's it's a big part of our identity. You know, we <clears throat> we know we're not going to go try to, you know, go out and outscore teams and with that type of mindset. But uh, we have a lot of, you know, trust in each other. And, and like we say earlier, it's uh, it's a belief that, you know, we want to check you know, and, and check to create our offense and, you know, play in all three zones and play well defensively. And, uh, you know, our goalies have been good. And so, uh, you know, the guys take pride. And at the end of the day, you know, for the most part, that's where it comes from. What, what could a night like tonight mean for the group in terms of uh, a road trip that you've been, you know, you've gotten some results for, uh, you know, through the first four games and an opportunity maybe to continue that momentum that you've established here? So well, it's it's amazing. You know, it's a road trip in that. And, uh, you know, it'd be great to finish with a win here tonight. But you just look at the standings and you can't you can't stop you know i mean we go home and we're we're, you know, we're going to be playing tough teams again so tonight's going to be a real challenge they're good here at home and good hockey team so uh it's just the, the race has already began and you got to win to, to keep pace kind of crazy right i mean the keeping pace like, <laughs> we've asked the guys it's like for the last month you guys picked up a lot of points yeah and not, that you have, not that that hasn't been good in the standings but Seattle's and the LAs aren't aren't dropping many either. No, they're you know they're they're still rolling, you know, and so uh, you look at it and you know you want to keep balance. So you know every point matters right now, and and uh, everyone knows that the you know with the break coming up, everyone's pushing for that. So everyone's uh, emptying the tank, and you know they're tough games right now. So we uh, we gotta be ready for a tough game tonight. What do you remember about uh, the last two meetings in this building? And you know obviously <laughs> there was some fire. Both teams are started pushing for for positioning and. Well, I created a couple of uh, memorable ones. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you know it was looking like there was a good op- opportunity that uh, teams are maybe going to yeah. match up in the first round there when we left here. But uh, you know they're hard battles; they play hard, you know, and uh, and we know that that's what type of game is going to be tonight. So we're going to have to be good on the boards, and we're going to have to play and do well in the short game and physical part of it. And uh, and uh, you know they got some good players that we got to make sure we we contain. 
Well, Associate Coach Kirk Muller addressing the media in place of uh, Daryl Sutter this morning following morning skate. Uh, lineup decision should be the same for the Calgary Flames. That means uh, people will continue to talk about this next gentleman in his spot on the second line. Uh, Milan Lucic still on that line with Jonathan Huberto and uh, Nazem Kadri. Uh, Luch talked about uh, the matchup against the Predators tonight uh, coming up after morning skate. Back in Nashville, I mean, last time we were in this building, that was probably one of the games of the year. What do you remember about that night? Yeah, uh, crazy game. Uh, we kind of had, you know, everything, you know, hits, goals, fights, uh, drama, uh, and then overtime uh, and all that type of stuff. It's, you know, it's a, it's so it's always a fun building to play in. Uh, the fans, the fans make it a great atmosphere and. Um, yeah, we should expect uh, the same same type of uh, energy and emotion tonight. It's just something about these two teams. You guys always tend to produce good games. But my enduring thought was you guys come in that press conference room afterwards, you and Matthew Kachuk were, like, buzzing. So how much, like, fun is it just to be a part of these games? Yeah, like I said, I think uh, I think the, the, the crowd uh, definitely gets the emotion going. Uh, they bring a lot to the game. Uh, and you know what? You know, they're a team that plays a big, heavy uh, physical type of style, and um, and and we, we do the same. So I think that's what that's why it makes for good games and and whatnot. So uh, like I said, lots to look forward to here uh, for a big one tonight. In terms of the road trip and the way that you guys played, two zero and two, we talk about you know trying to get results, trying to move up the standings, but maybe an opportunity here tonight to finish off what's been a pretty efficient road trip for your group. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of the same type of my, mindset as uh, the California road trip. You know, heading into that last game. Uh, where uh, you either make it a, a really good road trip or just just an okay road trip, and uh, you know that's that's what this game presents here tonight. And you know, two teams that are kind of you know in that wild card race. So you know, both teams uh, want points. Both teams need points. And and for us, we're, we're just focusing on what we need to do uh, in, in order to, to to get a big win here tonight because points are valuable. I mean. Uh, the teams in our division uh, keep winning, so all we can do is take care of our own business and, and do what we can do to, 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 get, to get points. Aside from a couple of stretches here and there, what have you liked the most about uh, you know, the, the product you guys have put on the ice and just the way that you've been able to you know, try to get some, you know, some production and, then, and also stop you know, on, the, uh, on the defensive side too? Yeah, I think, uh, I think as far as a, a team game, you know, we, we, we've played a lot better as far as you know, getting everyone involved, uh, you know, shift after shift, four lines, uh, all three pairs, and, you know, getting contributions from, from different guys. So, uh, you know, that's been a positive. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, putting it together for a full 60 is something that I think we're still um, learning how to do and something that we still need to do in order to, to get our game completely, completely in order. So uh, that's the focus. I asked, you mentioned the division. Like, it's kind of wild. I don't even really know what I'm asking. But over the last month, like, you guys have put together a lot of points. And those, the teams ahead of you, Seattle in particular right now, just won't give anything up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but that's, that's why, you know, you, you, you can only control what you can control. And, and you can control uh, how you do and, and, and the points that you, you get. And, I mean, you know, Seattle, like you said, Seattle, they just put together a historic – uh, seven game win streak on a on a road trip so you know you know they're 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 finding ways to win games and they're scoring a ton of goals and 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 all that type of stuff and Vegas and LA have been consistent all year so like I said all we can really do is control what we can control and and you know carry on about our own business
Milan Lucic, number 17 on the Calgary Flames. Lots to talk about where this team is heading into the standings tonight. It's a much bigger game for Nashville than it is for Calgary, but you'd love to finish this one off uh, with a win for Calgary and help create some of that separation against some of the teams currently chasing you in the wildcard race. Edmonton and Calgary entering tonight one and two in the uh, wildcard standings in the Western Conference. Predators sitting seven points back in one of those wildcard spots, eight points back of a spot in their own division that's currently held by the Minnesota Wild. One more person to hear from today uh, from the Calgary Flames. That's Nikita Zadorov, uh, the defenseman on a pairing with Michael Stone for the last little while. He's been an offensive driver for this team and looking for more of that tonight against the Predators. I'm going to start right here with the fact that I remember back those two games we finished the regular season here in this building, and it's something about this matchup that has produced some pretty entertaining games. Um, what do you remember back to that, those two meetings, kind of late season and just the intensity level and sort of what was on the line when you were here last? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was uh, there was a chance we were going to play them in the playoffs, and they knew it, we knew it, so we kind of it was kind of physical. Everybody was battling for points at the end of the day, so I think... Uh, definitely, we lots changed since. You know, they had some changes in the lineup. We had some changes in the lineup. So I think, obviously, we know what to expect from them. They're the physical, the big, heavy team. You know, they play hard all the time. They have that defensive system, defensive mindset in their game. So I think uh, it's uh, it's going to be whoever's going to want it tonight is going to win this hockey game. Does that suit you guys too, though, a little bit that physical style and and you know the way that you guys have been playing right now? Um, you know, in the matchup. Well, I mean, it's our, it's, it's definitely our style, right? Like our system is checking. Uh, you don't have to be physical, but you got to be hard on the sticks. You got to be hard on the battles. You're going to want to puck more and everything. So it's definitely lots of competitors on both sides of the benches. Uh, what about just the way that you guys played this road trip and you kind of look at 2-0-2, an opportunity here to finish off what could be, you know, maybe a good road trip to a great one? Yeah, for sure. It's a big points for us. You know, we're still in a wild card uh, spot and the Nationals right behind us. So for sure, that's not an ideal spot for us. We want to get back to the division spot, division fight over there. So uh, and then LA, Vegas and Seattle, they keep winning. So we need to get those points for sure. Just touching on it there. I mean, how tight it is right now. Do you- do you guys pay much attention to what's happening around you, or do you focus more on what, just knowing that it is so tight right now in the division? No, I mean, you still got to be aware where you are on the standings, right? And then uh, uh, it's definitely it's preparation part of the game. You know, like, you, you got to know what opponent you play against, what on the line for them as well. So it's uh, it's tight, but it's still lots of time, lots of room, and we, uh, we're looking for a good run to get back to the division spot. This would be crazy thing, right? I mean, you guys have put up a lot of points over the last month, like since the start of the California road trip I think you've only lost in regulation twice the teams ahead of you just won't drop any points yeah well uh, like I said some people I know they think Pacific Division is pretty weak I disagree with them I think it's a, we're scoring most goals right I don't think there's a, obviously like Anaheim isn't good this year but there's not much swing in between other seven teams you know what I mean so uh I feel like the travel-wise, the the physicality part of it, the talent in the in the division is super high compared to other places. You know, they're, they're all different, they're all unique in some ways. You know, like center division is uh, the the decor in every team is unbelievable, right? You get Yossi, you get Makar in Colorado, you get St. Louis. Like, there's few good players back then. So, like, just uh, Minnesota has a good D. So it's just a, it's a different, it's unique, unique game. So I think center division, like I've been playing in center division for seven years before that, prior to that. So for me, it's like it's a, it's always been a lot of battles, a lot of physical games, a lot of lot of. Uh, 
like you're just gonna win your battles. That's pretty much like whoever's gonna want to park more is gonna have you in the hockey games in this division. There you go, Nikita Zadorov. Flames and Predators set for 6 p.m. puck drop tonight. Four, uh, five o'clock Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius. Flames are gonna pick up uh, eight of a possible ten points on this road swing. Come back to Calgary on Wednesday to take on the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, those Avalanche in action right now. Martin Luther King Day uh, in the United States. So we've had a full slate of games this afternoon. A couple of them have already gone final. Panthers with a 4-1 win over the Buffalo Sabres uh, earlier this morning. Uh, Bruins back on the winning streak uh, at home. They down the Flyers 6 nothing. David Pasternak and Pavel Zaka with both uh, two-point, uh, two-goal efforts excuse me, in the win for Philly, the win for Boston over Philly, excuse me. Mention the Avalanche. They're the Flames' next opponent later this week at home. They're having an easy time against the Detroit Red Wings. That one 5-1 uh, after 40 minutes of playing. Lekkinen, McCarr with a couple, McKinnon his 12th of the year. Uh, look out as the Avalanche look to get a little bit healthier down the stretch here. They could be a dangerous team to make a playoff push. In the West, uh, you've got the Devils up one nothing on the San Jose Sharks. couple minutes left to go in period number one, and the Lightning open up a one nothing lead over the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Seattle on that eight-game winning streak right now. Uh, Tampa Bay looking to end that in Seattle today. They're through 20 minutes, uh, and then still to come later this afternoon, Stars and the Golden Knights from Vegas. Penguins host the Ducks, Rangers, and Blue Jackets, Capitals, Islanders, and your late games tonight, if you want to call them that, are the uh, Flames and the Predators, Senators and Blues. Both of those games get going at 6 o'clock. Flames and Preds tonight will be seen on Sportsnet 1. Uh, outside of hockey, one more game to go on Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. It's the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. For the first time in his career in the postseason, Tom Brady is a home underdog. That's never happened before in his uh, legendary career. Uh, he spoke to the media yesterday and says, look, anything can happen in the playoffs. He's been there plenty of times. Upsets, those sort of things are pretty commonplace. Uh, here's Tom Brady ahead of the matchup with the Cowboys tonight. You, know, you got to stay balanced and you got to run the ball well. I thought one thing we did really well against in the first time we played was we ran the ball really well. And that alleviated a lot of pressure from the passing game. And I think the teams that are playing well now do run the ball pretty well. Tom Brady and the Bucks uh, down technically uh, favored – Again, not favored against the Cowboys. Cowboys carrying in two-and-a-half-point favorites, so less than a field goal, but still pretty rare for Tom Brady to find himself on the other side of it. Uh, these teams met back in September. Um, this one going from Raymond James Stadium. Tampa Bay gets the home field advantage thanks to winning their lowly division, the NFC South. They have an 8-9 and nine record. Cowboys are 12-5, and five, but finish second in the NFC East, so they have to travel to Tampa Bay for this game. Winner goes on to take on San Francisco next week uh, in San Fran. The divisional games all set except for this one. You've got the Jaguars and the Chiefs. Jacksonville, uh, massive underdogs in that one. Chiefs currently favored by 8.5 points. Uh, speaking of the NFC East, uh, two teams already set to battle next week. It's the Giants taking on the divisional winners in the Eagles. That one, a 6-15 kickoff Saturday evening. And then you've got the Bengals and the Bills. Bills currently favored by five in that one. We finally get a chance to see the Bengals and the Bills that we were supposed to see a couple of weeks ago. Of course, that 
didn't happen after the DeMar Hamlin situation, but we will get that this week. So that's going to be a great matchup coming up on Sunday afternoon. And then it sounds as though this NFC battle between uh, San Francisco and either the Cowboys or the Buccaneers will be your Sunday night matchup. So uh, next weekend of NFL football, just two days. You get three days this week. You get two next week. Uh, But it's been a great week of football, and it should end off with a good one tonight from Tampa Bay. We'll get out of the way here. Flamestock's coming up next. An early edition of Flamestock with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. Another 6 p.m. puck drop on this road trip for the Flames. It's game 5 of 5. Digging on the Nashville Predators. Flames warm-up starts at 5 o'clock tonight with Lou and Steinberg. Derek Wills and Labardius have the call at 6 right here on your home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960. Uh, A couple days out before the Flames are back at home. They'll take on the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Thank you to Lou for joining us earlier today. Thank you for listening. Shout out to Cam and Taylor, our outstanding production team on this Monday afternoon. Flames Talks coming up next with Pat. Don't want to miss it. It's coming up here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.